Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Let's stand today and we're going to just read one scripture as found in Acts chapter 4, verse 32. And I know I don't look near old enough to be able to say this, but today, by the grace of God, I am presenting my 40th Easter Sunday message. 40. Thirty-nine times I've tried to bring Jesus up out of that grave. And I'm going to try to get him up out of there one more time. How many's going to help me bring Jesus up out of the grave today? <laughs> Let me tell you something. He doesn't need any help to get up out of that grave. Amen. He said, you destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up. And we celebrate the resurrection today. So, Acts 4.33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. For emphasis, would you read it out loud with me? Here we go. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Turn to somebody and say, great grace was on them all. My message today on the occasion of this 2022 Easter Sunday is simply entitled, Witnesses of the Resurrection. Witnesses of the Resurrection. Would you turn and say that to somebody? Say, I'm a witness of the Resurrection. Amen. Everybody's going to help me preach by saying amen at least one time during this message. May be seated. Thank you for that one amen. If you're a guest today, um, by the time we get out of here, in fact, it already does feel less like twice dead, plucked up by the roots religion, and it feels more like Arrowhead Stadium filled with the Holy Ghost. (laughs) You have stumbled into not just a spirit-thrilled church, but a spirit-filled church. I want to ask you a question today. What is your favorite feature about Easter? What is your favorite thing about Easter? Is it the fact that it's now officially spring and Warmer temperatures are on the way. Of course, you wouldn't know it by today. In fact, my brother-in-law texted me from Ohio. He said, it's snowing in Cleveland, Ohio today. Are you favored toward Easter because it makes you think that, you know, spring break is here or was here or it's close? Or maybe because we're back on daylight savings time now, you think about that. Or the end of the school year is now in sight. Everybody's excited about that. Thank God for Easter. End of the school year is coming. How about Easter candy? 
All the kids get a bag of candy today before they leave if they haven't received it already. And we thank our children's pastor, Greg and Amber, for making that possible. How about baseball's back? Maybe the Royals can climb up out of the cellar this year, get resurrected. How about for those of you that are paying utility bills, don't have to turn on the heat, don't have to turn on the air, ride a couple days here with no utilities. How about that? That's pretty good. But of course, that's, we have a live audience today. Of course, as committed Christians, our favorite feature of Easter is the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is everything to us. All of Christianity falls or rises on the fact of the impact of the resurrection. The resurrection is the hinge upon which the door of Christianity swings. Regrettably, however, the resurrection of Jesus Christ may very well be the most controversial, contested, and scrutinized act in all of human history. And this is nothing new. As early as Paul's writings, they were saying in his generation, there was no resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, 12. Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? Some of his audience had doubted the resurrection. The church there in Corinth what are they doing there in church anyway if they doubt the resurrection? What's the point? Verse 13, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found to be false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, I got bad news. Your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep or passed away in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most pitiable. There's always been skeptics who doubt the resurrection. And I actually cannot blame them in a certain way because the resurrection of Jesus Christ was unlikely. It was unprecedented. And when you consider the events and facts surrounding the resurrection, it is unbelievable. The Romans were experts in execution. They, know, they knew how to do dead. And they did dead with professional accuracy. One soldier thrust a spear into the chest cavity of Jesus and pierced his heart. The Bible said blood and water flowed out. Jesus previously had suffered a Roman whipping with a cat of nine tails. Hardly an ounce of flesh remained 
on his back. One scholar said, if you look close enough, you could see Jesus' internal organs through his ribcage. He suffered so much. They nailed him to a cross where he hung from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. At 3 p.m., he cried out, it is finished, and he gave up the ghost. They placed him in a musty, dusty, dark, dank, damp tomb for 72 hours. Some try to explain the resurrection that Jesus simply swooned or was in a coma, but this tomb was hardly a recovery place like an ER of a modern equipped hospital. If anything, it would further have damaged him. But on the third day, turn to somebody and say, on the third day. On the third day, Jesus came not limping, not crawling, not dragging. He didn't look any more like a man that had just been through what he had been through. But he came bursting out of that tomb. And you know what else? He was cleaned up. He was washed. He had on a fresh suit of clothes. He was refreshed. He showed his disciples his personal ID, the nail prints in his hands, in his feet. As God, he could have removed those prints. But as Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, this is my personal ID. And now you cannot mistake me for anybody else. Who else do you know is walking around with nail prints in his hands? And look at his feet. And Thomas, put your hand into my side where they thrust the spear. Hallelujah. He came bursting out of that grave. And he is alive today. He is alive forevermore. And he is alive in this house today. Listen to what John said in Revelation 1, 17 and 18. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like I was dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Praise God. Aren't you glad you know the one, amen, who's got the keys in his hand? Praise God. And he's given us the keys to the kingdom. And whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The authority that he came out of that grave with, he has delegated to you. You are not a nobody, but you are a somebody. You are not empty, but you are full. Amen. You are not broken down, but you are alive in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I, I told you this is more like Arrowhead on a victory Sunday. And this raises a question for all of us. And it really is the big idea of this Easter message I'm attempting to present to you. Do you have to be an eyewitness of the resurrection to believe it. Let me take it one step further. Do you have to be an eyewitness of the resurrection to be a witness of the resurrection? 
Now let's face it. Like Paul said, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, we're lost. We have no hope. We are pitiful. We might as well sell this building to Home Depot and everybody get a little bit of cash and let's go to Florida. What is the basis for our faith in the resurrection? How do you know? How do you know? How do you know that Jesus rose from the dead? You weren't there. You didn't see it. Is our faith rooted in facts? Or are we just naive and blindly believing in a 2,000-year-old event? Here is our evidence. The Bible is the most criticized, scrutinized ancient text, but has yet to be disproven by any critic or skeptic as inaccurate, spurious, no less than five writers of the New Testament, all who personally saw Jesus after his resurrection said, we saw him, he was alive, he was well. Let me ask you a question. Were you there when Abraham Lincoln was assassinated? Were you there when George Washington was president, the first president of this country? No, but does anybody doubt that George Washington is the founder of our country, the father of our country? Does anybody doubt, amen, that Abraham Lincoln was our sixth 16th president, why do you not doubt that? You, you don't doubt it because credible witnesses saw them. They wrote their story in a book. And on the same basis of that history, amen, if, if, if Jesus didn't rise, then Abraham Lincoln never lived. Amen. If Jesus didn't rise, then George Washington never lived. Nobody's disputing George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. And I don't think there's anybody in this house today that is disputing the fact and the impact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ because credible people wrote it down and they saw it firsthand. Many other credible witnesses said they saw him die and then they saw him alive again. What about the temple soldiers who were guarding the tomb and were antagonistic witnesses toward Jesus. And yet they had no choice but to testify to Caiaphas, the one who had paid them to lie that he did not rise, that the disciples hid him. Secular witnesses like the notable first century historian Josephus confirmed the resurrection even though he himself was not a believer and he called Jesus something more than human. Well, I got news for Josephus. He's way more than something more than human. He is the king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. And the resurrection is criticized and attacked. Because if he did come out of that grave, then he is almighty God. And then we have to do something with that. You can't stare at an empty tomb and say, well, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. You can't poke your head into an empty tomb and say, well, that was nice for all the Christians, but that doesn't have anything to do with me. Oh, no. If he came out of that grave, then he's God. And if he's God, then you and I have to answer to that God. But he's more than God. That's That one God robed himself in flesh and came and dwelt among us to wit that 
God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Hallelujah. That's the Jesus I'm preaching to you today. He is God. He is the Savior. He is alive forevermore. If that doesn't put a get up in your giddy up, I don't know what will. You may be seated and then we have 500 witnesses, Paul said, at one time. Not just two or three, you know, like saw a UFO. Well, there I was out in the cornfield and whoop. You know, the guy's got three teeth in his head. And he, yeah. Came on down here and gave me a chiclet. <laughs> oh, that's real credible. Is that, is that the kind of witnesses of the resurrection? 500 at one time. How would they all, how could they all collaborate? And here's one other thing to think about. Let me ask you a question. Smart people here today. Would you die for a lie? Would you lay down your life for a lunatic? Would you lay down your life if you knew that you went and stole the body of Jesus and went and hid it somewhere and then would face an execution of your own no, 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 you would never do that. Your human intellect would never allow you to do that. You would tell the truth at the moment when your life was flashing before you. I'm going to tell you that the disciples who saw him die and saw him alive did not lay down their lives. Every one of them except John died a violent death. They would have not done that for a liar or a lunatic, but they were willing to go to the mat for Jesus because he went to the cross for them and they knew that he was alive and they knew they were laying down their life for something that was real and something that was life-changing. Are there any witnesses of the resurrection in this house today? Would you be willing to do the same? Do you have a testimony that he is alive? Can anybody change your mind about what you think about Jesus? By permission, Nicole, just remain standing. Nicole, Thursday night, shared her story, just a little bit of it, at Celebrate Recovery. I wanted to get up and run around this church. If you only knew, if you only knew what Jesus had done for her. Thank you, Nicole. You can be seated. I don't want to steal her thunder, but she thundered all over this place Thursday night. Amen. A drug addict for 23 years hopelessly bound in alcohol and drugs, immorality, prostitution. She's already made it public. I'm not embarrassing her. This is, she is not a trophy of embarrassment. She is a trophy of the grace of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, what more proof do you need? Who can do that but Jesus? Counselors can't do that. Psychobabble can't do that. Education can't do that. Only the red blood of Jesus and the power of the resurrection. Come on, somebody thank God for your story. Thank God for your witness right now. What did he do for you? How did he change your life? You may be seated. Thank you, Nicole, for letting us celebrate with you today. Everybody here today has a story. 
They may not all be as dramatic. You know, I was a kid that grew up in church. I grew up a church junkie. By the way, speaking of growing up in church, Logan Grooms had a coming out solo today. Wasn't that great? It's awesome. I'm like, what? I'm looking back at David and Sharon. They're like, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Sorry. You'd be surprised things that go through my mind when I'm up here. <laughs> the text says that with great power, the apostles gave witness of the resurrection. What does this word witness mean? It just simply means evidence. Everybody say evidence. evidence. It means a testimony. Say a testimony. How were the apostles witnessing or testifying or proving or demonstrating the resurrection with great power? You know, were they up there? Yeah, yeah, Jesus, you know, he died and rose again and was cool. Was that impacting anybody? <laughs> I don't think so. With great power. Everybody say great power. How do they do this? I think maybe four things. They were eyewitnesses. Two, they started preaching it. <laughs> do you remember the story of C.P. Thomas who was dying on the side of the road? He said, I'm dying on the side of the road. I got a brain tumor. It's incurable. He said, so in India, everything's in the roadside. Roadside. He said, chicken, cow, C.P., I'm dying. He said, a white preacher, I don't know if he's from Europe or America, he walks by, he said, Jesus has risen from the dead. He said, I stop him, I say, your God, Jesus? Yes, my God, Jesus. Risen from the dead? Yes. Then he can heal my brain tumor. Blood was coming out of his nose, his eyes. He was sick, he was dying. He said that man laid hands on him, took authority over that brain tumor, prayed for him, and walked on. And that's probably been 45 years ago. And to this day, that missionary, whoever he was, has no idea who he laid hands on that day. Just in the last 16 years, that man has baptized 76,000 in the name of Jesus in the state of Punjab. You never know who you're laying hands on. You never know who you're telling your testimony to. You never know who you're declaring the resurrection to. Does he still have that power? Come on. Is he still able to heal brain tumors? I prayed this morning, oh God, while I'm preaching, let there be sovereign miracles. Let cancer disappear. Let lame legs walk. Let blind eyes see. Let deaf ears be opened. Let black hearts be changed into the pure relationship of Jesus Christ. <laughs> And CP, you can be seated. CP said, I went back to the doctor. The doctor took my x-ray and he showed the old x-ray and compared it with the new x-ray. He said, this is the same head? Yes. Same man? Yes. 
So CP said, I didn't know anything about Jesus. I didn't know anything about preaching, but I decided I was going to be a preacher. I went back to the street and I had two messages. Jesus has risen from the dead and he healed me of my brain tumor. That's all you need to testify. That's all you need to have a witness. Did he change your life? Come on. Did he put your marriage back together? Did he put sanity back in your mind? You can't do that with drugs. You can't do that with psychology. There is only one way that that can happen. And that is by an encounter with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 12, 12, Truly, the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance and signs and wonders and mighty deeds. So as a result of the apostles preaching the resurrection, many believed. So as 21st century Christians gathered at 10400 View High Drive this morning, after 2,000 years have passed, what responsibility do we bear as modern-day witnesses of the resurrection? Do we share any responsibility, any obligation to testify of the greatest miracle in all of human history? I want to show you something in the Passion of the Christ that happened that must not happen here. Luke 23, 32. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Verse 35, and the people stood beholding. Would you say that with me? And the people stood beholding. What does that mean? And the rulers, or the ones who stirred up the crowd and Pilate and Caiaphas, and probably Caiaphas was one of these, stirred them up and derided Jesus saying he saved others. Let him save himself, if he be the Christ, the chosen of God. Listen to what the pulpit commentary says about this phrase, and the people stood beholding. A hush seems to have fallen over that scene. The crowd of bystanders were awed as they at first silently gazed on the dying form of the great teacher. Listen to this. What memories must have surged in their hearts, the hearts of the gazers. Memories of his parables, his mighty miracles, his words of love. Memories of raising Lazarus from the dead and the day of palms. The people, the crowd of bystanders stood beholding. This means they were staring they were gawking, eyes wide open, perhaps stunned at this ridiculous spectacle. 
But included in the range of meaning in this word beholding is the idea that they knew more than what they were saying. They were informed beyond their level of witnessing and testifying. They knew what he had done for them, but they were speechless, and the crowd said nothing. The silence apparently was awkward for the rulers of Israel who had inspired this illegal massacre. So when the crowd said nothing, they broke the silence and opened their mouths to attack and impugn and and ridicule one more time this innocent man. But the other witnesses who could have come to his defense were silent. They were informed more than what they were saying. Could it be that standing there in that silent crowd was perhaps a man who himself walked to the scene of the crucifixion on legs that had been born lame, but now had been healed by this man on the cross, but he said nothing. Was there another in that silent crowd who was watching this spectacle, who had been born blind, but within the last year, his eyes had been opened by the man hanging in the middle, and his opened eyes were compelling him to testify, but his mouth said nothing. Was there someone in that silent crowd who was listening to the ring of the hammer as nails were driven through his hands and feet? Perhaps someone who had been born deaf and dumb, but his ears had been opened and his tongue had been loosed, but he said nothing in defense or to testify of the man on the cross. These miracles alone could have given witness That Jesus was the Messiah. And it actually took one of his persecutors to say, truly, this was the Son of God. He shouldn't have been the one saying that. The man with the opened ears should have been saying that. The man with the opened eyes should have been saying that. The man with the legs that were now healed should have been saying that. The Jewish leaders were railing against him. The soldiers mocked him. The two on either side hanging also on crosses verbally assaulted him with insult. They all opened their mouths against him. But the crowd that was full of the witness of his power to do miracles, wonders, and signs said nothing. They withheld their evidence and let his critics berate him unchallenged. I rise to ask you a question today. Are you standing with the silent crowd, with those who have been healed and changed and saved and delivered? In fact, some of you today haven't even cracked a smile. Is your smiler broke? Come on, people. This isn't Halloween Sunday. This is forevermore the most exciting commemorative day on the calendar. But I want to tell you something. 
It's not just Easter Sunday on Easter Sunday at the Life Church. Every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. Every Sunday is a day to be excited, to smile, to rejoice. Come on, somebody needs to walk out of that silent crowd. Somebody needs to distance yourself from the critics and say, I've got a miracle to tell about. I've got something I want to say. I want to testify. Ha <laughs> ha. Woo, everybody all right? Ha. I love preaching on Easter Sunday. You may be seated. So, how many remember that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in 2020? The season was 2020. You remember that? Right. It'd been 50 years, right? Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. How many of you were that believe they won the Super Bowl were at the Super Bowl? Was anybody there? Okay. Did you watch it on TV? Twelve people did. I thought about bringing the video of my nephew, Chris, when the Chiefs had the game sealed. He acted like he was six years old at his birthday party. I'm talking about a grown man. That's so awesome. If I put it on social media, it would go viral. How do you know they won? Well, you, you saw it on TV. But let me ask you a question. What if you had been in a coma on Super Bowl Sunday? What if you were in the best hospital in Kansas City and you, you missed the Super Bowl, but you woke up Monday morning and then you felt good enough and they released you on Tuesday and you found yourself downtown? I got a couple of pictures at the parade. What, what if you stumbled into this parade? Would you be like, ain't nothing happening here. <laughs> Look at the next one. You're like, what? What is going on? What is that guy's name? What is it? Is he still with us? Oh. <laughs> Traitor. Okay, look at this. Look at this. What if you walked in there? Would you sort of figure out something happened? You know, you would be saying, oh, pfft. another day in Kansas City. Just another day in the neighborhood with Fred Rogers, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. Why would you believe that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl? You weren't there. You were in a coma. But there's witnesses, Right. And there's a party, right? Come on. And there's a celebration, right? So let me just help somebody here today. If there's any doubter in this house that Jesus came out of the grave, if you think this is a bunch of hype, if you think this is a bunch of emotionalism, let me tell you something. We're still having a party 2,000 years later. We're still in the parade. Hallelujah. I'm still in the parade. Praise God. I'm still clapping my hands. Give me a microphone. Wait a minute. I got a microphone. Hallelujah. He that was dead is alive. 
alive. I'm still celebrating it. You can well imagine that the people around you have a testimony. Oh, come on, do that again. <laughs> you may be seated. I bring the message to a close today. But let me say this. The greatest proof that Jesus Christ is alive today. I'm going to tell you what it is. And I have scriptural authority. This may surprise you. What is the greatest evidence? You know, the Bible says in Acts 1, he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of him 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. But in the 21st century, what is the most compelling evidence? Everybody say evidence. evidence. That Jesus came out of the grave. I'm going to tell you what it is. Are you ready? It's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hands down. Why? Because according to the Bible, Jesus Christ is the baptizer. <laughs> He's the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. If he's still dead, how's that happening if he's the baptizer? <laughs> Come on, Sister Tia. Woo! How can we be baptized in the Holy Ghost if Jesus is the baptizer and he's not alive? Every time somebody is filled with the Holy Ghost, it's another witness that he's still alive and he's still baptizing. <laughs> John the Baptist said in Matthew 3:11, "I baptize you with water under repentance, but there's one coming after me whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire." Jesus said in John 14, the spirit of truth shall be in you. And then he identified that spirit. He said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. Peter preached on the day of Pentecost when he preached those people that had crucified Jesus under the carpet. He preached conviction upon them. And he said, Jesus Christ has shed forth this, which you now see it and you hear it. I want to tell you, Jesus Christ is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. And when it comes, you can see it. And when it comes, you can hear it. Hallelujah. You can see the Holy Ghost and you can hear the Holy Ghost and you can feel the Holy Ghost. When God gives you the Holy Ghost, you won't just have your hands folded and just sort of maybe get a goosebump or two run down your spine, hallelujah, but you'll start speaking in tongues. You'll start speaking a language that only God can give. Jesus is the baptizer. <laughs> He's the baptizer. 
Oh, yes. Come on, stand with me. Clap your hands if you believe he's the baptizer. Hey, am I preaching the Bible? Romans 8, 11. Romans 8, 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. The Holy Spirit is the resurrection power. Do you have that power? Come on. The Holy Spirit is the resurrection power. Hallelujah. Listen, you stumbled into an apostolic church today. I don't know what percentage of people in this house have been baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues, and Harrison joined the crowd, amen, this last weekend at youth convention. But I want to tell you, amen, Jesus told Nicodemus, he said the wind blows where it wants to, and you hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it came from or where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit, even Jesus himself, the baptizer in the Holy Spirit said, when the Holy Ghost comes there's going to be a universal sign that the Holy Ghost has come and you're going to hear it he said there will be a sound wow he's the baptizer if Jesus wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit would you want it Come on. If he went to the cross so you could be baptized in the Holy Spirit, would you want it? Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit couldn't come until he went to the cross. The Holy Spirit couldn't be poured out until he came up out of the grave. John chapter 7, the Bible said the Holy Spirit was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So when was it given? It was given on the day of Pentecost when the baptizer who said, go back in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. And then he said, I'm going to be with you. I shall be in you. And when the Holy Spirit came, those disciples said, yeah, this feels like Jesus. Yeah, this is exactly what he felt like when he was here on this earth. How many would testify today that when you were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you heard a sound and it feels like Jesus. All over this house, lift your hands to the Savior. Come on, celebrate him right now. Lift your hands to the power of the resurrected God. Come on, somebody open your mouth right now. Testify, somebody testify. Come on, somebody shout out what he did for you. Come on, he delivered me. He saved me. He put my family back together. Oh, come on. We need some witnesses here today. We need some testimonies. Somebody testify. Oh, that's too quiet. That's too quiet. That's too quiet. Come out of that silent crowd. Come out of that silent crowd. 
Somebody defend Jesus right now. Somebody defend Jesus right now. I'll testify he's Messiah. I'll testify he's a savior. I'll testify he's the Lord. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving right now. I open this altar right now. Anybody who wants to receive something from the Lord, anybody who wants to receive something from the Lord, come on, let Easter be a little different for you than it's ever been. Come on, come on and join me. Come join the others that have already come. That's it, come on. There's a baptism for you. There's a blessing for you. That's it, come on. Come on up here. If you want to receive something from the Lord, if you want to declare and testify and witness to the resurrection, come on up here right now. I know we may not have room for everybody. We, we got room for a few more. That's it. Press in because folks are coming behind you. Folks are coming behind you. Wouldn't it be wonderful if God would baptize somebody with the evidence today of the resurrection? The evidence today that he's alive, the evidence that he's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Come on, come on up here. Come on up here. It's the gift of God, it's the gift of God. It's the gift of God. <laughs> it's for you and your children and to all who are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Oh yes, oh yes. The Holy Ghost is falling in this house right now. If you need, listen, if you need a miracle, if you need a physical miracle, would you raise your hand right now if you need a physical miracle? This is beautiful. Oh. Amen. Now look around. You see these hands? How many believe that the resurrection power is in this house today because the baptizer in the Holy Ghost is here? If you raise your hand, that's an act of faith. The first thing we're going to do is pray for the sick and those who are in pain and those who need a miracle. I want everybody to lift your hands right now. Come on. This is Easter Sunday. It's a good day to be healed. The pain is getting ready to leave. The symptoms are going to leave. I'm speaking this by faith and on the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. Be healed, pain go. Amen, come on, somebody shout Jesus. Shout Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.